0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my co-host here, Angel. Howdy, do? Great weekend of baseball. Of course, we have WBC Talk. Astros baseball has been going on through the spring as well, getting ready for opening day, which is getting really close. Super excited for that. Super excited just, you know, for baseball being back. I think that's the biggest thing. We're having a little bit of competition baseball right now with the World Baseball Classic, but... The Astros, I mean, that is the most main topic if we're going to say anything else. But real quick, I just want to get out there, these videos. I mean, there's been a lot of energy, culture, vibes, immaculate vibes, especially out there, the WBC and Miami to Phoenix to Japan. But real quick, we got two clips from Puerto Rico, uh, one clip from Puerto Rico and one clip from Dominican Republic. And we just want y'all fans to hear like the excitement it is over there in Miami. I mean, I wish I was there live to be in that atmosphere. Definitely. But, real quick, just like this is for Puerto Rico, for instance. <laughs> Yeah, I'm vibing to that. I I, Man, I'm already dancing over here. We're both dancing, bouncing our heads and everything like that. I mean, because that atmosphere, at least for us Latinos, just us two, speaking for ourselves, that's the rhythm that we like to play in. I I feel like, you know, personally me, when I'm on the field and if I hear all them, you know, instruments and things going like that, I think that's fun to be a part of. Oh, yeah. Baseball is always a party, honestly. Honestly. And then real quick, Dominican Republic. We're not going to forget the DR, even though we'll talk about them here in a minute. But, I mean, their atmosphere, too. I mean, it's really exciting. It's great so yeah i'm just excited that baseball's back overall i mean that energy right there i feel when it comes to minute Maid part two when we have the revealing of the gold you know banner coming out the players getting their rings gold rush jerseys as well oh man I'm, I'm ready for opening day. I don't know about you, man. Oh, yeah. I put like the Gold Rush jerseys are coming out, what, next week? The uh, 22nd. Do not forget. 23rd. 23rd. They you? moved? No, it's 22nd. You're right, you're right. 23rd. It's 22nd. Astros had sent out a um, little notification out there on social media saying three twenty two That is the day, I believe, and I'm pretty sure I am yeah. could confirm from 99% that the Astros will have their Gold Rush apparel out on sale at the team store oh yeah and then again how
1: you were saying that wbc has not disappointed like it is amazing to watch these teams with so much pride that they have Mm -hmm. and so much like love they have for their country just battling it out like i feel like it's always like they're always there to i feel like it's always a do or die game yeah and they're all they're taking that pitch they're swinging with all they got just to put that love for their country
0: yeah, so real quick, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the WBC here in a minute because that's really what's been talked about throughout around the league. So we'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but we're gonna start with some Astros roundup. And the first time we're gonna start off with is our own La Pina, Yuli Gurria. Of course, if everybody hasn't heard already, he signed a minor league contract with the Miami Marlins, and he got a spring training invite. Debuting went one for three. It wasn't a bad day for him course I, I feel like he still has some you know something to play with. I mean, he has a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he's still worth something. I I you know personally to me I think he still does as well. So real quick the Astros have always told the media, told the fans like hey, yeah, we we like Gurriel back. We want him back. I think you know he'd be a good option for us to you know have him back, basically resign him. Media talked to Yuli Gurriel and this is what he said. He said no, nunca. Which in translation, that is no, never. That is shocking. I, I, you know, because the Astros are, you know, I feel like they're a good class of organization for baseball. And surprisingly, they said something. This is going back to like Carlos Correa. They said they were in contact with Carlos Correa, that there was a deal about to get done with Correa and things like that. And then when Correa talked about it in his press conference about the Astros, he said, no, we didn't get an offer at all at the other end. So, uh, that that's two for two on that kind of deal.
1: No, yeah, I was just thinking. Like, do you think that's a bad look on the Astros, especially like how you were saying that they tell us, "Hey, we're having talks with the you know this guy's agent with this guy," and then it turns out they didn't ever like they never end up doing anything. Like, what do you think? Is that a bad look?
0: Uh, I I feel like you could. I'm. Um, it's in the middle for me. It's because you don't want to tell everybody, the fans, and and other baseball organizations as well. Like, hey. We're going to go after this guy. We, we're still talking to him. I feel like we're. you don't basically want the other competition. For instance, let's just say the Yankees. We're competing with them in the American League. Same thing with the Mariners. I guess they don't want the competition to know, like, hey, he's out there. We're not even going to try to give him a deal. We're not even trying to negotiate with him. It could be a strategy move for the Astros, but at the same time, too, it could hurt a player's trust in them. Because Guriel. real quick, he, he said this about being – in Houston for seven years, he said, the separation of leaving my teammates behind after seven years is something that truly affects you. In life, there's always different chapters, and I'm starting a new one now. Um, It, it kind of hurts the players, I feel like, deeply, because seven years, I mean, that's a long time. That was his first major league team, and what, 30-something years old, coming to the majors, first time ever, it truly hurts them. I, I feel like it can affect a player, but uh, the other side of it, you know why the organization is doing it just for other teams that won't get another pick out of them. No, yeah, I feel like the Astros
1: clubhouse has always been like a brotherhood. Yeah. All right. no, yeah, I feel like that Astros club has has always been like a brotherhood, and like everybody praises their clubhouse. Like when a when a player leaves or when a player joins that club, like that clubhouse, they always say that the Astros are always so welcoming. Like Mancini, for instance, like, yeah. Spending all his time in in Baltimore and then coming to the Astros, like he said, what got him going was that clubhouse, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was so welcoming. So, like, I feel like it hurts Yuli because again, he's like you saying, he spent all that time with those players and he's built a connection and like basically like brothers. And then now that's ripped apart.
0: Yeah, it's been like that for the Astros for a while. Springer, I mean Cole, Correa. hopefully it's not Bregman or Altuve anytime soon maybe they could get a deal done with them but it it could truly affect the players at the end of the day of course Justin Verlander was a different story because you know he came back from a good year comeback player of the year wins a Cy Young 40 years old I mean we're not going to put up 40 million per year for him for a 40 year old player I I personally love how he plays I personally love the work ethic that he brings to the Astros but at the same time too you got to be smart and that, that's just an example right there that to carry on without having affected affect the organization.
1: Other news coming from Astros camp. Pedro León has arrived in West Palm Beach. He's the number eight prospect of the Astros. And he's another candidate we're thinking about filling that outfield spot, you know, in center. But he also plays second base. So he can be that super utility guy like Diaz or um, Hensley mm-hmm. or Dubon. Dubon, right? So the reason why he was out is because he was... Uh, recovering from a sports hernia that he had in January, he made an appearance today. I mean, I- I'm sorry, he made an appearance this spring. He played, I believe, what two days ago, three days ago?
0: About two days, yeah, about two days ago. Two yeah. days ago,
1: mm-hmm. he had one at bat, drew a walk. Leon feels he is healthy now. He even said he's in perfect condition, and Dusty Baker's excited to have him back as well. Um, these are quotes from Dusty Baker. He said he was looking pretty good. I mean, he's moving well. He's been having some at bats over there, and yeah, he was looking pretty good. So as long as he's healthy, that's what counts. I mean, I like it. I feel like he can compete. I feel like being injured kind of brought him back from that com- like that competition center mm-hmm. field talk. But I mean, I feel like he's always had high high praise coming in, and yeah. I think that I think he's able to
0: live up with that. Do you think he can be a mid season call up? I think he could. I feel like. The potential is there for him. He's been dealing with injuries like last year for instance, he had a fractured finger and then I believe he had a face fracture as well. Something like that, he had a ball hit to his face, so it wasn't good for him. And then of course, the sports hernia injury, injury. When you're not healthy and you're not 100%, of course you're not going to get a spring like a season call up or anything like that. You're not going to perform that you want to, but if he stays 100% healthy with the outfield depth that we still have and then Plus, he could play a little bit of infield. He could, like you're saying, he could play that utility role for the Astros. It'd be a possibility, and it just depends how our outfielders are and what the utility spot looks like. No, yeah, injuries have
1: definitely held him back because I feel like we've been talking about Pedro Leon for about two years now, and about him being like the next Springer or even like the next Correa because mm-hmm. again, he can play that infield. So I think so as well. I think he can make, he can be a midseason call up. He just
0: needs to stay healthy. Yeah, I think that's the 100% thing. I think for every player, period, that's what they got to do is just stay healthy. And hopefully, Leon could contribute some way, somehow. Maybe not this year, but possibly for the future for the Astros. Another injured
1: Astro is Lance McCullers Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, March 14th, he reported that he's pain-free, which is definitely a good sign. Yes. The surgeon who performed McCullers' Tommy John surgery reviewed his latest MRI and confirmed that there's no issue with McCullers' elbow. Which is which is a good again. It's a a, good sign. another good sign mm-hmm. as we're seeing because again that elbow's been a problem for McCutter, so it's a good sign that he you know there's nothing wrong with it. McCutters on the MRI results. This is what he said: it's a strained forearm muscle, very low grade. They were hesitant to even call it a strain. Looking good, that he might return sooner rather than later, but again. Like, we play be... it safe.
0: Yeah. That's what we got to do is just play it safe. I was about to say that. I feel like we've been preaching that. <laughs> we've been preaching podcast. through this whole podcast. As long as McCullers is going to come back to Houston, he needs to be 100% ready and healthy. Right. There is no reason for you to be 95 and say, coach, put me in. Nah, you need to be 100% because if you're 95, you're 90%, that little small percentage can affect with an injury, and that could put you out of the season when we're going to probably need you again if we're going to make a deep run to that uh, World Series again. I agree. And more words from a colors is
1: what he said. I threw a bullpen, maybe too much intensity here at camp. Maybe he did a little bit too much, too soon. I wasn't ready for it. I guess I thought I was, but I guess I wasn't. It was just a grabbing, it was just grabbing me a little bit.
0: There was a lot of weird ways to say it like yeah. that from McCullers. colors, but yeah, I mean. If he couldn't just slowly progress, and that's what the Astros are going to do now, they're going to have him progress each and every day, not every single day they want him to throw, but every other day. Yeah, And I think that's a good thing because we've been saying, and I mean, I could continue preaching about this, that he just needs to stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a situation where the Astros need to look out for their players. And I mean, maybe they do, but mm-hmm. I feel like,
0: Sometimes, sometimes you, you got to protect the player from themselves, yeah. Like because you, of course, too, you have a dog set mentality, and you know Lance McCullers is the number one guy in that clubhouse to have a yeah. dog set mentality to go out there and just shove it of you know, through the guys. Yeah. But if if McCullers is gonna want to, and before I get to that too, Astros fans, Astros Twitter, all these, you know, from the social platforms, they've been very upset about the contract that the Astros gave him. Well, McCullers hasn't stayed one season healthy. Oh, well, McCullers hasn't pitched this well. Oh, McCullers have lost velocity. There's been a lot of excuses, and the excuses is because he's hurt. I understand the frustration from them, but when this guy is 100%, he proved that in 2021. If he's 100%, this team could go even farther than where it was last year because McCullers, we only saw him half a season last year. If he could continue to rehab correctly, progress well, and just be ready at 100% whenever the rehab and all that stuff is done. I feel like we'll be good. And he could even get an all-star bid too as well for the midseason.
1: Now that you mentioned that, mentioned that, you think if we have a healthy McCullers pitch
0: the entire season, you think he's a Cy Young candidate? He almost had it over there in 21. It was a top five, I believe, if not a top 10. So I think he could be a possible... It could be another situation as last year with Framber and JV. If he could be healthy... I don't have no problem seeing him in that side young race. He could be a top ten for all I care. Interesting. Okay. Moving on, we got Dusty Baker bonding with the young guys. You love to see it. I think that's the biggest thing you have to do as a manager. If you're coming in, you want to get to know these guys. You want to get to know what they do. Not too too personal, but yeah, you know, on the hobby side, what do you do besides playing baseball as your number one job? What do you do you you go fishing you go hunting you go painting you might take pictures like randy johnson as a professional fr- professional photographer but Corey lee david hensley hunter brown big fishing guys dusty baker's a big fishing guy himself he lives in the sacramento area in california they got some fishing out there i would say but when you're at west palm beach and you're in florida you're gonna go fishing oh, yeah, right definitely so the team had an off day that only off day in march too. Oh, wow. to remind you they're they're gonna be playing the rest of the spring until opening day and baker took out david hensley Corey lee and hunter brown aboard a boat for a chartered fishing trip into the atlantic ocean not not just you know at the beach side you're going almost like you're going deep sea fishing so i mean dusty uh, baker really didn't have to say much and i mean Corey lee david hensley just said a few words about the trip cory lee says just a day before the off day it's a good day to just let your brain take a rest we all just enjoy fishing. It's something that Dusty and I kind of bond about. We talk about fishing, talk about where we're going to go fishing. It was a mutual bonding experience. And I think we had a really, really good time. And I think they did. I mean, when you, I don't know if you saw a photo one of them had caught a fish. Um, I don't know, I'm not a fish expert. So, I mean, it's cool. It's cool though, to be bonding with your manager. I think that's the number one thing that you got to take out of this.
1: Oh yeah. It builds chemistry for sure. And it's like, it's like building those relationships and like being able to have a manager you can trust and you can, hey, I'm not feeling good or, hey, you know, I'm feeling great. I want to be in that lineup or something that, like, you know, you can just talk about. It. Yeah, he's
0: that player's coach, too. Dusty's always been a player's coach manager, and I think that's why a lot of these players have talked about positive things about Dusty. and no one, I've never heard anybody talk negative about him except the Astro fans when it comes to the lineup. But David Hensley, too, he just had to say a small thing about it. He said it was exciting, but it wasn't very eventful hung out like some boys, like some boys. It looks like I could just picture that in my mind that they're just chilling on the boat, listening to some music, drinking some beer, and then the just pose, do all the work yeah. and just until the fish catches on it so uh, i think that's pretty cool i of course not all the whole team went out there there was just a certain few that had joined dusty but it's very good to see from these guys
1: yeah i feel like dusty is very nimble for his age he's like he's still be doing like some crazy stuff exactly. at that
0: i think he's like what oh okay? he had to be around 80 years old or late 70s um he's he's old yeah he is old um, but glad for he like for sure he got his World Series yeah. win last year as a manager. It took him a good while. Yeah, for sure. It a lot like two thousand well. something games. So I'm very happy that this bond was a team thing and the chemistry, it looks like it's gonna be stronger with the younger guys when somebody's not performing well. Hey, can I trust you to go out there and go do this for me? I feel like it like you were saying, builds chemistry, but it also builds trust with the, you know, with one another couple of grapefruit starts as well we are in the grapefruit league ronel Blanco's pitching today do you think he will be pitching over three innings is i'm gonna give you the over under over under three innings what, what are you going with
1: i say over but he doesn't go over four so over four. maybe okay. like three and a third three and two thirds or even maybe hit the four but i don't think any greater than four yeah. for sure well,
0: because we've been talking about it for a good while now that he's going to be stretched out and dana brown's trying to stretch him out to become a starter, and I think it could happen. It could be one of those guys like we were talking about the other day with Christian Javier from the bullpen going into a starting role. So, yeah, I could I could go the over on that one, too. i think three innings and a third, three and two-thirds, but four innings, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like he's our backup plan. Yeah, I think so, too. It's a good backup plan, too, yeah. because you can't have – there's nothing wrong having so many pitchers, because at the end of the day, pitching and defense is going to win you games as well. Also, Hunter Brown is going to be starting – for tomorrow's game, that's another good note. Hopefully, we get to see him perform the same way he did in his last outing. The other two, previously from that last outing, he wasn't doing too good. This past outing, though, he did really well. Three innings, I believe, two hits or four hits and no no earned runs. That was the biggest thing out of it. And then the velocity and the command looked very well from him. And then last up on Astros' roundup, we got to give a shout-out to our boy, Martin Maldonado. He just continues to make history at this point. Um, If you don't remember, last year in 2022, he caught two immaculate innings from Luis Garcia and Phil Maton. One combined no-hitter in Yankee Stadium. Now he does a perfect game in the World Baseball Classic. That's never been done in WBC history. And our boy Machete just goes down there to Miami, carries his Machete with him. And still, you know, that's the power of this guy. He just knows how to connect with these pitchers, and it shows. So, real quick, he was a part of the perfect game with Jose De Leon, Edwin Diaz, Duana Underwood Jr., and Yaxiel Rios. That's just awesome, though, too. I mean, it wasn't a perfect, perfect game because it was a mercy run rule in the eighth inning. It's still unbelievable because it's kind of hard to do a perfect game. The last perfect game in MLB history was Felix Hernandez back in, I believe, in the 2012, 2013 era, around that lower part of the 2010s. So, I mean, Maldi, shout out to you, dude. Just keep doing your thing.
1: Yeah, he definitely hit the trifecta on for catchers, you know, being able to catch each milestone for, like, pitching, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Sticking to Team Puerto Rico in the WBC, scary ending in Pool D. So, Puerto Rico's Edwin Diaz, he was hurt himself while he was celebrating. So, he threw the last strike, which was a high and inside paint right in the corner. Yeah, right there. Uh, to finish off the, the the Dominican Republic and while the team was celebrating I, I, I don't know if you're watching it live but he just fell yeah, he just fell and then the coach tried to carry him he couldn't is that knee uh that he hurt he was even grabbing on it mm-hmm. so he couldn't walk on his own I mean we, we wish him all the best like I feel like that celebration turned sour re- really really quick
0: yeah I mean that it didn't look good we, both of us were looking at it and we're like oh wow They won. It's a big milestone because this was to show who goes on and gets into the quarterfinals. Of course, the Dominican Republic is one of the best teams in this tournament. So to see that, I mean, it it was very painful to see it has to be a torn ACL or it has to be a torn MCO. I don't think it's it could be a meniscus tear as well. But. I mean, it's. It sucks. It sucks. That's one of the things that you just don't want to see when especially when it comes to a celebration. Now, the biggest concern and the biggest thing about the future of this WBC and for the rest of the WBCs is this gonna affect teams putting their players out there and performing. Do you think it's gonna like affect the WBC now? Because all these star players, Edwin Diaz just signed a new contract with the Mets, a big contract to be their closer. So, you know, especially um like Steve Cohen now. I mean, you got Francisco Lindor at short shortstop for Puerto Rico. I believe he still has P. Alonso with Team USA as well. The future of the WBC in his eyes, it could really haunt the players at the end. Yeah, I think it will affect that. I mean, I get it. He was hurt
1: celebrating, but still he got hurt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like nothing, nothing changes that. It doesn't matter if it was celebrating or on the, or like, you know, making a play. He got hurt. And when you, when you sign these guys to a big contract, it's like you take a risk that they're gonna be healthy for your team and produce for your team. Yeah. Now, when they're playing exhibition games in the World Baseball Classic, instead of chilling out, getting ready, you know, in spring training, like I feel that like clubs are gonna shy away from sending their players. Like we already saw some pitchers, like some clubs told the pitchers, Hey, we don't want you to go, we want you to get ready here in spring training. Now, with this injury, it just speaks to why. They don't want them, right? Yeah, I get it. He, he was just—he was just walking back while his teammates were celebrating. But again, at the end of the day, he's still hurt. And yeah, I, and at the end of the day, he still can't pitch for the Mets this season because I—I I think you're right. I think it's an ACL, it, yeah, and it, that takes about a year to recover. Mm-hmm. So I think it does. I mean,
0: hopefully it doesn't. You know, and hopefully we're wrong though on yeah. this diagnosis. We're not doctors or anything like that. But especially when you can't pull—I'm not pull—but when you can't put pressure on your leg, and especially that he was. Just walking back. Yeah, and pointing at his knee, too. It, it's obviously it's going to be the ACLs, the MCLs, and the meniscus. That's always been a sports injury from football to basketball to baseball. So it, it, it's going to look tough if for the Mets now. I mean, too, you got Max Scherzer. He gave his opinion about not playing for the WBC because he'd rather have it in the mid part of the season, which is interesting because obviously everybody's going through some rust and things like that. Max Scherzer, I'm pretty sure, is going to be one pissed off mofo oh, yeah. about this. And Justin Verlander as well. Edwin, we don't know the future of Edwin Diaz now, too. No, yeah. Because, because the knee and the leg isn't going to be the same how it
1: was before. Think about Mike Mike Soroka from Soroka or something like that from the Atlanta Braves where he tore his Achilles. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, there's two different injuries.
0: One of the best, not best pitchers, but... He was a top prospect for the Atlanta Braves yeah. organization. Nobody knew that he was a really good pitcher. He was going to help the Braves, I believe, in the twenty twenty World Series. He he was really great. He was yeah. really great to that rotation, and really you haven't really heard nothing about him ever since he got hurt.
1: Yeah, so he recovered from the Achilles, but then with the Achilles are tricky because it's easy to like re rupture it just by walking or you know, doing daily stuff. So he re ruptured it again, and again, like you're right, we haven't really seen much of it. So obviously, those are two different injuries. Hopefully. Edwin Diaz's injuries, not to that extent, but you're right. I mean, now we're just like we just have to wait and see if it if it's the same Edwin Diaz that is playing the trumpets last year, or is it the A and Diaz post Seattle trade when he was when we're talking about him losing his closer spot? Yeah, like,
0: it's 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 gonna be interesting what the WBC. I don't like even now, dude. I mean, I don't know if coaches are gonna be like, "Hey, I need restrictions on this guy." And we've seen that with Team Venezuela when the Tigers said, "Okay." Eduardo Rodriguez can't pitch no more. He told he uh, the GM or whoever told Omar Lopez that for Team Venezuela. And same thing for Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera could give a you know a butt about it because he's already forty something years old. He already announced this is his last year in baseball. If I'm Cabrera, I'm still going out there regardless because this is the only chance you'll ever get to play in the WBC ever again. But I was getting off topic about this. It could affect these coaches now for the WBC because now you're going to see teams saying hey hey let's cut back on Otani pitching another inning let's give him only one or two innings instead and Lars Newbar, yeah him too just give him two at bats and bring him in well well this year the Padres told
1: uh the Dominican Republic manager that Juan Soto can- cannot play in back-to-back games mm-hmm. so the-, the reason why he played in the first and second games is cuz they had that day off um in the middle yeah other than that I think I think they told him that he couldn't play back-to-back games or, like, maybe DH1 or something like that. So
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a good eye-watching side to see for this WBC because this is a huge injury, and we're not going to know the diagnosis by today. Possibly you'll know by tomorrow what will happen because th- this is very huge. I mean, Puerto Rico was celebrating as soon as they beat the DR. I mean, it was a good game, 5-1. We didn't even announce the score mm-hmm. to all five two i meant but as soon as the celebration was going and the players saw him just go straight down onto the grass i mean it was it was sad i mean you saw edwin diaz's brother i believe his name is alexis i mean he was crying in tears you could just see tears going down his face it was a sad moment to see it was like happy and then sad but every time i think of an injury like that. I think of the Kendris Morales walk off home run when, when he was with the angels, you remember he was walking, you know, of course all the bags. And then when he got to home, he jumped yeah, and touch home play. And the next day, you know, torn ACL. Yeah. And that's, that's what exactly in my head is thinking about Edwin Diaz, but Diaz, you know, strong praise. Hopefully you're doing good. And your family as well. Um, Speed of recovery, man.
1: Yeah. Prayers out for sure. You know, sticking to Puerto Rico. They pulled out a huge win against the Dominican Republic, which we're talking about, because I feel like the, the Dominican Republic were the team to beat. So shout out to them. Who do you think has a legit chance of advancing to the finals? Is it Puerto Rico or Venezuela who has yet to lose a game and if and they're the number one seed in that pool?
0: I gotta go Venezuela. When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. You're hot, you're hot. And just, Anthony Sant- just has the Braves. Exactly. Anthony Santander is hot right now. And nobody knows a lot about him because he plays for the Baltimore Orioles. He's a good player. I didn't know nothing about him, but 30-something home runs last season, a lot of career-high hits, RBIs, and things like that. He was a huge part of that Orioles push to make it to the wild card last year. If Salvador Perez continues to hit, he's been hitting pretty well. Eugenio Suarez has been hitting a little bit well. If Altuve, Acuna, Andres Jimenez could figure it out, which they're not doing a bad job, but if they could reach that potential of being the 300 hitters that they are, this team is going to be scary. And then they already got the starting pitching. They got Martin Perez. Jesus Lizardo didn't look bad yesterday. Pablo Lopez, of course, we saw that outing against the Puerto Ricans. And then you got Luis Garcia. That That's just right there for you. That sounds good. The only thing I have concern is the bullpen. That's the only thing I would say about their... Roster is just the bullpen. It's not a big strength for me.
1: Yeah, that Venezuelan team. I feel like the bottom of the order has been carrying the team because I think Acuna is batting under a hundred. Yeah. Um, it has been pretty good for the leadoff spot, but the top of the lineup has been shaky uh, at yeah. best. And Puerto Rico is going to go against Julio Rice from Mexico. They I mean, It's confirmed that he will pitch that first uh, that that quarterfinal game. So they're going to have a tough matchup because I feel like everybody's praising Mexico's as a starting pitching as they should. Mm-hmm. So that's me a tough matchup. So I, I, I kind of agree with you in Venezuela. I feel it has a le- legit chance of reaching the finals.
0: Yeah, did you see... um there's a Dominican reporter for the Dominican Re- Republic. His name is Hector Lopez. He's a... Not Hector Lopez. Hector Gomez. And as soon as the Dominican Republic had lost... He's one of the top sports journalists for them. He had to say... The elimination by the DR was a national tragedy. Oh, wow. And I could say the same for them because they they were
1: real serious. Real,
0: very serious. The DR is one of the best baseball countries out there. Let's not even hide that from anybody because they brought out Products like Juan Soto, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Julio Rodriguez. And then you could say Albert Pupos, Big Poppy, Pedro Martinez. I mean, Manny. Exactly. We can name all these star-studded players from that country. And how he said it was a national tragedy for the country, and it is. Because they're one of the best teams. If you looked on paper, and that lineup (sighs) especially... You're saying, oh, this this team's going to the championship regardless. this there's no way. And then the starting pitching at the beginning: Luis Castillo, Pedro, not Pedro Severino, um, Luis Severino, Sandy, uh, Sandy Arcantara. So yeah, and then Framber Valdez was supposed was supposed to participate, but none of them guys did. But Arcantara, he didn't held up to his potential in that first game. So yeah, I mean, I agree. It is a national tragedy. It's it's. Very unfortunate for the DR. I think themselves didn't think Venezuela was going to come out this hot. But you just can't take for granted what the DR has. They have have great talent. They can't take it as a – of course, you want to be the top country in the world to win at the biggest stage. But look at the future of this – Country, I, they got to think about that
1: as well. Yeah, clearly, many brackets were broken. I my, know March is my, my,
0: my bracket <laughs> was broken already. God, I had them in Japan in the championship. I did as
1: well. Not going to lie. You know, this team had very high expectations coming in, not just by us, but the fan base, how you were just saying. Like, and it's crazy, you know, but it's baseball, you know. Yeah, that's it's the beauty of happen. this game. Yeah. That's
0: the beauty of this game. It I is feel baseball. like everybody
1: has a chance. I've seen Great Britain. Like, no one, he, they were an underdog in every single game, but they came out there and battled yeah, every single game. You got
0: to love that thing about them. And we'll stick to WBC talk. We're going to talk about the pool C. That is Colombia, Great Britain, Canada, USA, Mexico. And we're going to stick with Mexico right now. They are advancing to the quarterfinals. They're going to Miami. Um, They defeated a good stacked USA team. Like I said, USA, I mean, the pitching just needs to be a little stronger, but their offense, of course, is... I think the second best or third best lineup in the WBC. And then Taiwan Walker, the Pozole man. If you haven't seen his little post on Posole, when he he, he is Mexican American, it's pretty cool. If you haven't seen that. He pitched a great game against Great Britain, helping Mexico win that game. And then Jose Riquetti, our own national starring pitcher from Mazala, Mexico, beats Canada, only gives up two earned runs and six hits in four innings. Mexico moves on. And now we're just seeing right now who's going to be taking over that second spot. So what are your thoughts so far for looking at this pool seat? Who who do you think is going to take that second spot as well, too, while you're at it? So for sure, Mexico
1: is the first seed. And I feel that's kind of unexpected because I feel everybody thought USA was going to be the first yeah. seed. So we knew Mexico was good. We didn't know they were that good. Yeah, They had a chance to go undefeated. I think they lost a close one against Colombia, 5-4 and extras. Where- Ghost runner. Yeah. That, that, it, that kills. Yeah. If, if, if no ghost runner was there, there's a, I, I find a 95% chance Colombia doesn't score.
0: Yeah.
1: And we're talking about, you know, 11th inning, maybe another 12th inning. But yeah, so that's why they lost because of ghost runner. But Mexico looks good. Right now we're watching the USA Colombia game. Colombia is up to one. So you're saying who I think will take that second spot? If Colombia wins, it's a tiebreaker between Canada, the United the States, USA. And Colombia. So, I would have to dig deep into who score more runs, who's allowed less. But I, I don't know that number right now. So, on <laughs> top of my head, I would say Colombia. Oh, my God.
0: The reason... Colombia? The reason That's why... That's the second... With USA, with all the American studs, you are going Colombia? Where's their pitching? That's the reason
1: why they're in Where situation. the hell is
0: Colombia's hitting? <laughs> they only got Jorge Alfaro and Giovanni
1: Urshela. They, they, they beat Mexico the number one seed. And they have a chance to be USA right now if they're pitching holds oh up. Oh, my God. Hey, I can't believe this is coming of out of their
0: mouth. Calling it right now. No, I got good. I'm still going with USA. I can't go against the Americans. It's just to build a
1: bit of debate. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is a debate. And I've said it before. They Their pitching could – if they could pitch, that's the only thing. They have a good bullpen. Ryan Presley's out there. Bard's out there. Devin Williams is out there. I mean, they got great pitchers. It's just the starting rotation. Yeah. And that's the only thing. Uh, Lance Lynn's only pitched a good game. I mean, Adam Wainwright was decent in that Great Britain game. Lance Lynn pitched a good game against, I believe it was, Great Britain. Yeah. Nick Martinez didn't. I mean, just ask Mexico. Nick Martinez wasn't on his game. It's just going to be the factor. Is going to be the pitching, the starting rotation. That's for me. But I think USA does move on, at least in that segment. The problem with the United States is that they have
1: Verlander, and Scherzer in Mets camp, they have Corbin Corbin Burns oh, in Milwaukee camp. Like all their best pitchers aren't participating. I feel that's the problem with this this United States team because I feel like the, the Dominican Republic has their the ace. Same thing too. I mean, Puerto Rico had their ace. Venezuela had their ace. Like all these good teams that are producing is like oh, Japan
0: had their ace and Otani. Oh, like of course they're gonna have their. They ace. all had their best
1: pitchers, <laughs> whereas in the United States,
0: you're we, you're starting with Adam Wainwright, Exactly. Exactly.
1: And I take any credit to
0: Adam Wainwright, great pitcher. He is a but great pitcher. He, I feel like he's past his prime a little bit, you know? Yeah, we need somebody young, at least in their mid-20s to late-20s at least. But I, I'm very shocked that you said Colombia as your number two seed. Oh it's just to build God. some debate. I, I feel like the <laughs> United States is going to advance for sure. But, I mean, give Colombia a shot, you know? Yeah, there's nothing wrong. We both predicted our little shocking teams. I said Team Italy – You said um, Australia, Australia Australia, it
1: to the quarterfinals. Yeah,
0: they got defeated and we're going to, you know, let's just talk about it right now. Quarterfinals are set and Cuba and Australia took off and Cuba survives in a nail biter that beating the Aussies four to three. I meant five to four. I mean, Australia did have a good run. I'm not going to lie about that. They're a really good team. And that was your pick as who's going to break your bracket. Mine is the Italians. Currently, we're recording this on a Sunday night. I'm not too sure where Japan and Italy stand. I mean, it's 5 a.m. in the morning when they're going to be playing. I'll be asleep at that time or barely waking up. So it's going to be, I of course, it's going to be Japan that's yeah. going to win that game. I'd be shocked. I'd, I'd tell you not. I will be shocked if Japan loses to Italy and Mike Piazza's team. It's a 99% yeah. that Japan's going to win, but that 1%... Is the italians and just ask rocky bubble i mean give these guys a shot but i i still think japan wins no yeah r.i.p to italy i mean i know we said
1: that baseball crazy things happen but
0: that there's is- just some predictable things <laughs> like
1: japan beating italy and i will see it again if italy be- beats japan i will eat italian food in the entire week of i oh, it.
0: okay you heard that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you heard that right there from the horse's mouth, (laughs) that this man's going to eat Italy food, Italian Italian food, food. for a whole week. I might as well tell you. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My gosh. Three meals now. This oh, He is putting on a show right now. But yes, Japan and Italy will be playing at 5 a.m. right now, actually. I don't know if they won or lost at the time we're talking. But the other matchup is going to be Mexico and Puerto Rico. What's your thoughts on that matchup? It's going to be tough. I feel Puerto Rico is a great team.
1: Now, If you would have asked me prior to the Edwin Diaz injury, I would say Mexico advances, but now Puerto Rico has something to play for. Yeah. And I feel like that motivation is there to win this tournament for Edwin Diaz, who they love out there, who's their closer, who every time comes up, everybody plays the trumpet. So Mexico has a good, has their ace there, and Julio is going to pitch, but. I don't know. It's a t- I want to say Mexico, but I feel Puerto Rico takes that one.
0: Yeah, the momentum, too, especially when you're killed a team like the DR. I feel like that momentum carries. So I agree. I'll go with Puerto Rico as well. Yeah. They're going to be playing for something. Uh, Francisco Lindor's been swinging the bat pretty pretty good. And then I don't know who's their ace at the time for Puerto Rico. I don't think it's Jose Barrios. Uh, it could be possibly Jose Barrios. I'm not too sure. But, I mean, it's going to be ace versus ace regardless. Yeah. And it's going to be a good good game. The next one is Venezuela. Now, like we said, it depends if the U.S. wins, they're in. If they don't win, then you got the tiebreaker against Colombia, U.S., and what was the other team, Canada? Yes. So, if, I mean, we'll just put them three teams right there. Venezuela, which one you're taking from them three teams? Like, let's just say USA. If USA wins. I mean, Venezuela, USA, who are you going to go for? It doesn't matter who they go to. The,
1: I feel Venezuela is going to come up on top. You still they're, think so? Yeah, there's, like, it doesn't matter. Again, if the USA had their actual pitchers that are good for the United States, then maybe we're talking about it's it's more of a debate, but uh-huh. I feel Venezuela takes that one.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, I, I love the players that this team has. I mean, they're stacked. Tim Anderson, Kyle Tucker... My trial, Mookie Best. I mean, these are MVPs that we're talking about. I mean, Kyle Tucker will be MVP soon, just letting y'all know that now. But Venice Wade, like you said, they're just hot, dude. They're they're hot. Martin Perez, it's gonna depend on him to see how good he is. We have seen some shaky starts for him with his days with the Rangers. He had a good, you know, some days with the Rangers as well. It's just gonna depend at the end of the day who's gonna be the best offensive lineup, I say, too, at the top. That is all for our show for today. Please continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter. Subscribe to our channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. Andrew, you got any last words you want to say before we cut off?
1: No, just thank you for hearing us again. Thank you for taking time with your Monday and putting us on, or whatever day you listen to us and
0: putting us on. Peace and have a good one. Yeah, we'll be talking this coming week as well. Just continue to look at our updates. Maybe we'll post some giveaways maybe we'll put to put a poll out there maybe some early predictions too with the season's coming pretty soon maybe a prediction on winning the al nl mvp cy young things like that so you took be safe out there